Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson, where today we will discuss fanaticism, Nova Resources, Irving Resources, and Arbitrage Opportunities. Joining us is Jane Bandari, the host of the highly acclaimed Capitalism and Morality, and a prominent solid advisor to institutional investors. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Maurice. Giant, during our last conversation, we highlighted geopolitical events that were concerning you in Zimbabwe. Today, I want to shift the focus to a place where you are familiar with, and that is India. You and I were having a discussion offline about your concerns with Hindu fanaticism that I thought would be good for you to share with our audience. Now, you're currently in India. Tell us what you see unfolding there and why we should be concerned. Uh, Maurice, I am absolutely petrified looking at what's been happening in India, the cancer of religious fanaticism is spreading very rapidly in this country. Also, if you try to understand and the international media tries to subdue information on what's actually happening in this region, fanaticism in the Middle East and Pakistan and Bangladesh has resulted into horrendous consequences and religious fanaticism, whether this is Islamic or Hindu fanaticism or even Buddhist fanaticism, pretty much destroys some part of the brain, which means that these people become virtually incapable of ever learning the concept of reason. And if you look at what's been happening in Pakistan, Pakistan was a relatively liberal country in the 1980s. Pakistanis were relatively well respected in the international society. In the late 80s, they started imposing Sharia law in the country. They changed the constitution of Pakistan into an Islamic constitution. Today, I communicate with a lot of Pakistanis, actually, uh, people who want to, who are, who don't believe in religion anymore, but they communicate with me and they tell me that if they ever told anyone that they do not believe in their religion anymore, their throats would be slit by their own family members. That is the kind of result that religion imposition of religion has had on people in Pakistan and something similar has happened in Bangladesh. Now it is very, very rapidly happening in India. My guess is that India is about 20 years behind Pakistan in becoming a full religious fanatic state. And this is extremely scary. I have a multi-layered question here for you. Could this be a catalyst uh, for civil unrest and even worse, civil war or spill over into a neighboring country like Pakistan? Well, Pakistan is constantly at war with itself. So once you collectivize people using a tribal concept of religion, the problem is any tribal concept inherent in it has possibility of inherent conflict within the tribe. So the whole of the Muslim world is fighting with each other. 
there is not a single muslim country in the world where people are not fighting with each other the only exception that i can think of is malaysia but malaysia is also becoming increasingly fanatic right now so once you have a religion imposed through the legal means in a society not only it develops like cancer within the society but it also creates massive amount of conflicts within these people because these tribal people then fight for leadership positions positions to exploit the stupid population so what you see is civil war kind of situation in all these countries including in india the only thing that is now happening is that this situation is going to get um, become much worse in india pakistan and bangladesh are already extraordinarily horrible countries for people the conflicts the religious conflicts are off the charts in those countries particularly in pakistan now jain we addressed the problem and we believe the solution is the concept of reasoning for someone new that's listening today expand upon that for us please maurice basically there are two kind of societies in the world a society based on reason and the society based on irrationality tribalism superstitions and you can pretty much divide the world into two parts the rational countries are people in west europe and also to a slight degree people in east asia pretty much everything in the rest of the world which is latin america africa the middle east central asia and south asia are extremely extremely tribal and irrational people now people who have grown up in the western society will have a very hard time understanding what i am saying even i have to keep visiting these countries 3 or 4 times a year to refresh my understanding of what tribalism and irrationality means but these countries are extremely extremely backward extremely irrational and extremely tribal they cannot think in terms of right and wrong they always think in terms of tribe and outside the tribe or what their religion tells them to do what you should and should not do and this almost always results into violence towards outsiders and eventually the tribal warfare breaks out within their own societies remember a tribe the, the a proper size of a tribe is about 50 or 100 people when you have 120 million people or 50 million people living in religious tribes they will have massive massive tribal warfare between shia and sunni and there are tens and tens of subsects within shias and sunnis and they all fight with each other they think that muslims of who came from india into pakistan are not really muslims so pakistan the some very religiously dogmatic muslims of pakistan's have been killing these peoples these people are 
either Ahmadis or Muhaj, um, I'm forgetting that word for that, um, they don't like them. Uh, and the result is that these are, they go into this never ending tribal warfare. And that is coming to India right now. You know, for our listeners, if you're concerned why we're bringing this to your attention, when you have one seventh of the world's population uh, going into this turmoil, it's important for you to note. Um, I have a question for you as well, uh, because I've never been to India. Share with us, are there any pockets where you see liberty and reasoning in any in any part of India at all? The concept of liberty and reason is purely a Western concept. Those words have no value in these societies. Now, Iranians and Pakistanis and Indians might go on the street claiming that they are fighting for liberty and freedom. These people have zero concept of what these words mean. What they are actually fighting for is free stuff. They think that democracy is some magic wand that brings them free stuff. So that is the kind of concept that they have in mind when they protest for so-called liberty. No, they don't have any understanding of a concept called reason or the concept of liberty. What I must say though, Maurice, is that Hindus have been relatively tolerant over the last 70 years you were in a position to hold your religion and not have to suffer the consequences of for not being a Hindu. Hindus were very tolerant in terms of what you practiced and what you did at home. That is now starting to change. And that is what petrifies me about India. Now, before we leave India, I have a question that is unrelated to what we've discussed so far. Um, I wanted to know if you could share with us the influence that Bitcoin has had in India this year. Maurice, we have had a few conversations about the increase of tyranny, politically, politically motivated tyranny in this country. And what happened was that the government is centralizing everything. They have centralized the tax system and they are forcing people to use the banking system. They're forcing people to use digital fiat currency through the banking system. This has scared a lot of people, which has meant that a lot of young people, particularly millennials or people who became newly rich, have invested their money into Bitcoin. Also, a lot of people have been speculating in Bitcoin in this country. So there has been a lot of interest among a very small minority of population in this country in Bitcoin. All right. Switching our discussion onto issuers. Giant, you and I are strong advocates and shareholders for one of the proud sponsors of Proven Improbable, and that is Novo Resources. They have a stellar board of directors and management team. One of Novo's directors is Dr. Quentin Haney, who is regarded by many as the world's best geologist, and recently they added to their board this year Akiko Levinson and Eric Sprott. This month, the stock price has had a sell-off based on Novo's latest press release. As a shareholder, Give us your take on the current status of Novo Resources. Maurice, I own a lot of Novo Resources. This is by far, by a huge margin, my biggest investment in my portfolio. 
However, I have not talked much about Novo Resources in the last few months, mostly because the understanding of geology is not within my scope necessarily. I have worked in the past with Dr. Quinton Henney, and I have an enormous amount of respect for him, not only because he's a great geologist, but also he's a great businessman. He understands business and he understands finance. And there is virtually no one in the mining industry anywhere in the world who he does not know about. He also knows about virtually any project that I have ever mentioned to him. So this person is extremely knowledgeable and a lot of my money went into Novo Resources just because of this reason, because I trust him and I think he will be able to create value for me. And he has created an enormous amount of value for me. Now, what I see from the recent press releases is that market has lost a bit of confidence in the company because most of the gold seems to be nuggety gold. For me, that does not change the situation much. The problem that the company faces right now is in evaluating how much of resources they have in the ground. That does not really change the fact that there is gold, there's likely to be gold in the ground. The hope that the investors had before this news release came out hasn't really changed. What has changed is that it has become more difficult for the company to prove a resource. I'm not so bothered about it. I think the company will find some ways around it. But moreover, technology is improving so rapidly in the mining industry that by the time this project actually goes into production, they should be able to mine narrow stops of gold systems uh, through mechanized mining. So that is my hope. I continue to be invested in the company. And if Novo falls anymore, I am a buyer again. Again, <laughs> as I said, this is among this is by far the biggest investment I have in my portfolio. And that was my next question. Is this a good time to buy Novo Resources? So what I'm looking for personally is for Novo to fall below $3.50 Canadian again, and I will be putting in a lot of my money in this company again. That despite the fact that Novo is already by far the biggest investment that I have. And that's saying a lot because we have to remember that earlier this year, Novo was at 66 cents. So for it to be at $3.50 right now, that's quite an accomplishment. How about another? Well, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, indeed. I, I mean, this is people have to be still aware that this is a very speculative investment. They have to always know a buy price and a sell price. Uh, people should not fall in love with their investments. They should book profits when they think the time has come. Uh, but Novo is a very exciting investment for me. You know, that sounds like some advice you'd give me about a year ago about emotional intelligence, how you have to have it and have to have a plan and a strategy, and you just uh, somewhat conveyed that here. How about another one of our sponsors, an equality company, which uh, Dr. Quentin Henney uh, is also a director, and Kiko Levinson is the CEO, and that is Irving Resources. What are your thoughts on Irving right now? 
I was at the project of Irving uh, a couple of months back in Japan, uh, Maurice, and I truly like what Akiko Levinson has done in Japan. She is, as you know, a Japanese person. She lives in Vancouver, Canada, of course, but that gives her capabilities that and competencies that hardly anyone else has in this industry. She knows the Japanese culture, she knows mining, and she's extremely well connected in Canada in the mining industry. Now, she has found, staked a couple of projects in Japan, and these are extremely exciting projects. I was with Mitsui people when I was traveling around in these projects, and Mitsui people were extremely excited about what they saw at the projects. Um, also, Japan is a great, great country. It is, in my view, probably the best country in the world. International media does not like that country because Japanese don't like to let too many migrants come in and they don't like to follow the popular culture that the international media wants to develop in these countries, which in my view is great. Jap Japan should preserve itself and I have written a couple of lengthy articles showing that a lot of what international media says about Japan is wrong. Japan is an extremely creative, honest, and good country to operate in. I am very interested in Irving Resources. It is among my bigger investments. I think it is the third biggest investment I have in the mining industry. And is this a good time to buy Irving Resources? The last time I saw the price was about 81 cents. I am hoping that during this winter when nothing is actually happening at the project in terms of drilling or in terms of evaluating the project, the share price weakens a bit so that I can accumulate more. So right now I'm not buying, I'm very patiently hoping for it to fall to around 70 cents so that I can accumulate more of Irving resources. And for our subscribers, let's just backtrack on that. The reason we see these prices uh, decline for quality names like Irving resources, they're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's wintertime, and the press releases aren't out. Uh, there won't be really any press releases coming out, I should say. And what happens is, is investors or speculators, I should say, forget why they bought the company and they simply sell. And this was a great buying opportunity uh, during this time of year for quality names like Irving Resources. Moving on to arbitrage, are there any opportunities out there that uh, have your attention at the moment? Two companies, uh, Maurice, that I am paying attention to. The news releases recently came out, so I have not looked into details of these companies. But I'll mention those companies, and the companies are Alabama Graphite, and it's trading at eight and a half cents. And the other company is Rapier Gold, and it's trading at six cents. At these prices, they offer a very nice arbitrage upside based on the merger ratio that they are being acquired at. So the first one is Alabama Graphite, the ticker is CSPG, and the other one is Rapier Gold, and the ticker is RPR. You still have to understand what is in these companies, but the arbitrage ratio is very good. <clears throat> Giant, as always, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, last question for you here. What 
did I forget to ask? Uh, well, one thing interestingly interesting that I have recently uh, been watching for the last two days is uh, a sort of revolution that is probably starting in Iran. And people, again, Western people are now getting very worked up about what's been happening in Iran. They are now starting to assume that a fight for liberty has started to happen in Iran. The reality is that people came to the roads in Iran not to fight for liberty. Yes, some people did remove their hijab and wanted to protest against imposition of religious doctrine on these people. But the reality is that they are fighting for free stuff. Inflation has been huge in Iran and oil prices have fallen a lot. So they are fighting against the regime because the regime is unable to cater to their demand for free stuff. Do not expect any real change happening in any of these countries anytime soon. They will continue to metastasize in terms of religious dogmatism. Now, Giant, you're a world-renowned speaker. Tell us where you will do your next presentation. Um, I'm currently in India, Maurice, for the next few days, uh, and I'm speaking at a university called Oro University in Western India, a city called Surat. Uh, and then uh, in two weeks, I will be in Vancouver, where I will be speaking at Columbia University. Columbia College, sorry. And, uh, and last question for you here as well. Give us an update on capitalism and morality. Uh, Capitalism and Morality is a seminar that I have been running for the last eight years in Vancouver, Canada. And the next one will be on the 21st of July, 2018. Um, the draft program will be uploaded next week sometime. Uh, and we have about 10 speakers. It will be a very long day, but a day I look forward to and a day a lot of my audience look forward to it's a day, it's a thought-provoking day where people discuss things and issues that they don't really get an opportunity to, to discuss outside this seminar. And Giant, if you would uh, share with us the link on your website where we can look at previous uh, presentations. They can go to my website where I have everything that I write and speak on. Uh, the website is giantbhandari.com. And there's a tab called Capitalism and Morality within which are linked information on the next seminar and also every single video that I have recorded in the last eight years. So there are about almost 70, 80 hours of video recordings linked on that page. Capitalism and Morality is a seminar. And have you determined the price of admission yet? It's a... Very cheap, Maurice, really. I am currently offering, just for the next few days more, uh, 130 Canadian dollars, which work out to be about 100 American dollars. Um, I will uh, give you a discount coupon code as well, so they can type PNP18, and they will get an additional 10% discount. Well, thank you so much on behalf of all of our subscribers, Giant. 
and last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Jain Bhandari, the host of Capitalism and Morality, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.